All right. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. So glad that you're here. We have a, a great crowd already here for Sunday school. What a blessing uh, to see everyone and looking forward to our Sunday school hour as well as our morning worship service. And what a blessing to be here. We even have some guests with us and hope that you will, as I know you always do, make our guests feel welcome. And uh, it's uh, good to have them here as well as our regular church family. Looking forward to what the Lord has for us today. There are a lot of announcements in the bulletin today. I hope that you received a bulletin as you came in. We are coming down to the last two months of the calendar year, and so it is a busy season as we are looking ahead to the holidays and obviously Christmas, and so you'll see there are a couple of things coming up, and I'm going to go ahead and, and project out a little further there on the bulletin for Christmas Day. We'll just have one service because Christmas is on a Sunday, and we'll do that at 10 a.m., and so it's a little different because of Christmas. Uh, being on a Sunday, we'll have just the one service at 10 a.m., So I know there will be people traveling, and there's different family uh, things going on, but just so you know what is being planned there, our midweek service of that week of Christmas will be a candlelight service on that Wednesday night, and then you'll see ladies' Bible studies uh, there will be a Bible study for the ladies in December, but not in November. We have uh, a family trip coming up. Kelly's going to be going to a uh, pastor's wives retreat down at the wilds in North Carolina. And then there's some other things, election day, I think, and different things going on. And so we're not going to have a ladies Bible study in November, but there will be one in December. Our next faithful men's uh, breakfast and Bible study will be on Saturday, December the 10th. So we'll not have a men's breakfast in November, but wanted to project that out there as well. And then for Thanksgiving, as I work my way back towards uh, where we're at today, um, for Thanksgiving, we did this last year, and uh, we'll move our midweek service to Tuesday night, and then we'll do a pie and cookie fellowship after the Tuesday evening service. And so... Um, I'm ordering a couple of dozen of chocolate chip cookies and peanut butter cookies, uh, just to throw that out there. No, just kidding. Um, but uh, I'm also ordering a pumpkin pie, and uh, just to just to get my order in early. But uh, I'm 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 joking, of course. But if you want to bring pumpkin pie, I'll be happy to help you with that. And if you want to bring chocolate chip cookies and peanut butter cookies, I'll be happy to help you with that as well. But we'll have a time of light refreshments after. Uh, the service on that Tuesday night, that's the week of Thanksgiving, and uh, we'll spend that Tuesday evening service uh, doing uh, basically a song service uh, with uh, requests. We'll sing and we'll give praises and testimonies that night and uh, enjoy a time of fellowship afterward. And then our next observance of the Lord's Table will be on Sunday, November the 20th, so that's a few weeks out. And then coming all the way back to today, uh, tonight, Missionary Craig Hartman with Shalom Ministries. He is a Christian Jew. Uh, I met him 25 years ago in New York City on a mission trip, and uh, he took us uh, through the streets of Brooklyn. Uh, literally, we were looking out over and could see the Statue of Liberty as uh, we went into a synagogue, and uh, we had a Q&A with a Jewish rabbi, and uh, it was uh, very uh, instructional. Uh, the sense of, uh, as a senior in college, as a preacher boy, uh, we were intimidated uh, by this Jewish rabbi um, who knew the Old Testament so well, and yet he was lost. 
He did not know the Messiah. He did not know Jesus Christ as his Savior. So we're trying to be a witness to him. Craig Hartman had a relationship with him, and uh, we uh, learned a lot that day and uh, learned uh, to have a burden uh, for the Jews. And uh, Craig Hartman's been a friend ever since, and uh, looking forward to him being here tonight. He will show up probably right before the 5 o'clock uh, start time of our service because he's traveling from two hours north of here and uh, he'll be here just before the service starts probably and then uh, we'll give the bulk of the time to him after our song service and special number we're looking forward to having him here tonight as he presents Shalom Ministries a very unique ministry that has evangelism and outreach here in the United States New York City in particular as well as over in Israel as his son is helping with a church there in Jerusalem Wednesday night is our midweek connection, Kids for Truth, Camp Assurance Teen Leadership Retreat, November 4th and 5th, and then our live active shooter training is this coming Saturday. Security team, I believe, is coming as early as 8.30, and then at noon, if we could have several of our church family, we're real close to that uh, 15 that we would like to have to be able to really uh, do a, a good simulation of the live active uh, shooter training. And again, we're just in that day and age where we have to do these kinds of things and be prepared, as we know the headlines that we have seen and we appreciate Denny Smith and his leadership of the team and uh, security team and all that they do here so noon on Saturday please sign up if you'd like to be a part of that and there is a waiver form there will be some gear that you have to wear uh, there will be some safety goggles provided and uh, you'll want to wear a, a thick hoodie type of sweater or sweatshirt and that will be helpful as well and then next Sunday uh, we will be voting. I did not get this in the bulletin. I apologize. But next Sunday evening, that's the, the 6th of November, we'll be voting on uh, the allocation of the monies that we talked about on Wednesday night uh, for hymn books, for a $5, excuse me, $500 um, offering to each of our current missionaries, as well as the allocation of our missions conference uh, offering uh, to the two missionary families that were with us. So we'll be voting on that next Sunday evening, November the 6th. And I uh, so want to make mention of that as well. And then we're planning, uh, in, in order to get things organized for uh, the new year and to uh, meet, it's been about a year since our Sunday school teachers have met. So we're going to plan a Sunday school teachers meeting after the evening service next Sunday night. And uh, that'll be an informational meeting, also help us get organized uh, for uh, the year 2023 as it is quickly approaching. So a lot going on, and uh, I want to go ahead and rehearse all those things, and uh, you can see the bulletin for additional details there. All right, we'll go ahead and uh, have Derek come and uh, lead us in our opening song, and uh, then we'll have a, a time of prayer. If you don't mind standing, please, we'll sing uh, song 125. First, second, and fourth verse of 125.
All right, thank you, Derek and Sarah. A few prayer requests, once again, to bring to our attention. Um, Pastor Rory Bond from Grace Baptist in Muncie, he had been doing very well in recovery from his bypass surgery, but he took uh, a turn uh, for the worse uh, toward the end of the week, and he is in uh, the hospital again, and they're still trying to find the source of some internal bleeding. And uh, so please be in prayer for him. I know we have connections with uh, Grace Baptist there in Muncie, and Rory's been a friend of mine for many years. And so please be in prayer for Brother Rory. The doctors can find out where, where this bleeding uh, is at. And uh, he has had several blood transfusions already. So let's continue to pray for him. We're uh, planning a memorial service, or Alex uh, Babick's uh, sister uh, is planning a memorial service on Saturday, November the 12th. Still waiting on, on details on that. I'll, I'll get that out to our church family once I know uh, more of the details there. We continue to pray for his family, praying for Lynn Fox, Mindy Spencer, Karen Baylor, all dealing with cancer and uh, treatments. And I know there are several other uh, requests and needs and uh, different uh, recoveries uh, that are on our hearts and minds. But let's go to the Lord in prayer as we continue in our Sunday School Hour. Lord, we thank you for the privilege it is to come together and to worship and to be under the teaching and the preaching of your word. We ask that you bless each Sunday School teacher. We pray, Lord, that you will use them 
Lord, you will encourage our hearts and strengthen us, Lord, and help us, Lord, in our walk with you and in applying the truth of your word to our lives. Uh, Lord, bless, we pray, in the worship service to follow. Lord, we ask that you will help Pastor Bond. We ask that, Lord, you will do a miracle, that you will raise him up through the doctor's wisdom, through the testing and different things they're doing to find out the source of this internal bleeding and to be able to stop that and pray that you will heal his body, pray that you will strengthen him and his family at this time, give them your peace and grace. Lord, we pray that you will continue to help Lynn Fox, pray for Mindy Spencer, uh, also, Lord, for Karen Baylor, all dealing with cancer and treatments. We pray for Bob Klein and his knee, for Doug and his back. Uh, Lord, we think of Alex Babbick's family, that you will continue to comfort them and uh, guide and direct uh, in their lives. And as uh, we hope to be a ministry to their family uh, during this time, pray that you will uh, bless in that as well. And uh, Lord, we give all this to you. Bless now, Lord, we pray this Sunday school hour to your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Appreciate Dan Clark uh, with our adult class. She's been giving us a biblical perspective on the created universe. He's going to come as the teens dismiss uh, with the youngs to head over to the teen class. Hope that you have a wonderful class time as uh, Dan teaches the adult class this morning. Good morning. Wow, look at the crowd. Uh, just to clean up a couple things from last week, I got an email from, I think, a church member, L.A. Clark who asked this question, you said something about comets and ice? And she said, where did the ice come from? Because when you think ice, you think water. And when you think water, you think life, right? So I said, well, where did the water come from? It may not be water. Any material can, can freeze and become ice. It could be ammonia could be methane, doesn't have to be water. And just because there's water there does not mean that there's life. So I hope that clears that up. Then um, the, the rocket. We're going to wait till there's a Sunday morning that's conducive. And maybe uh, the last 10 minutes of Earl's class will we'll wake up most of you, take you outside, and invite the children to come see it too. The advantage of that would be we might be able to strap one of them on. This has been an interesting lesson for me. I would summarize the last three lessons that I've given in one sentence. It doesn't matter whether you're on the, the working end of a telescope or the working end of a microscope, either one, either extreme, you look at it and go, O oh Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. So this lesson was different in this sense. Pastor gave me a list of eight or ten subjects he'd like me to cover. One of them was not Purdue football, so I did not cover that. He suggested bodies of water. And I let that ruminate because we had this discussion back in February, March, somewhere in there. And so this is the lesson that has evolved over, no, it hasn't evolved. Some semi-intelligent person put in the time and the effort to put this lesson together, right? 
So bodies of water. Here's some of the some of the ideas that crossed my mind. The Sea of Galilee, right? The Dead Sea, right? Jordan River, right? Joan Rivers. The Mediterranean. The Tigris and Euphrates. Lake Tahoe. The Wabash. The Nile. So, this is denial. No, it isn't. This is denial. No, it isn't. This is denial. Somebody says, where do you come up with these things? That comes from a Disney World ride, the Jungle Jungle Cruise, and that's what the guy said. I filed it away. So, okay. I thought I would throw this in. I do not see myself as a Bible teacher. I want to encourage you. The Bible is true from the beginning to the end and just the way God intended it. So let me ask you this question. You know I ask you questions all the time. Natalie says until last week she she had gotten gotten pretty well correct. How many Bible verses are there about rivers? Let me give you the choices. What do you think? It's not 41. It's not 81. I put those two side by side. You're going, ah, 81, 82. It's not that, and it's not 82. 61 verses. How many had that right? These are going to be on your final exam, so take notes. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. It's not a religion. Christianity is not a religion. It's a relationship. So how about the Sea of Galilee? Has anybody been to the Holy Land? Cool. That would... (laughs) I'd like to do that as as a reward for teaching Sunday school. <laughs> Send postcards, good, Derek. From Jerusalem, right? Oh, by the way, I want you to notice the elevation. You know, you you tend to think of a flat. The land of Israel, and it isn't. It's very elevated. And it's quite beautiful. And a lot of what happened in the New Testament centered around the Sea of Galilee. I'm going to point those things out. This has been a great study for me. This is not one of those, wow, God is incredible. Even though I look at it and think water is incredible, and I have a lesson on that which I may repeat one of these days. Cool. How many times have I used that? 20 different times. So here are some of the things that happen around the Sea of Galilee. 
you'll notice here it's called the Lake of Gennesaret. All right. The capital of Antipas, the fox. Tell that old fox. The home of Mary Magdalene. The Sermon on the Moth. Somebody's going to see this and they're going to go, what? <laughs> okay, the Sermon on the Mount. Some of his miracles performed in Capernaum and Bethsaida. Woe to you, Chorazin. Philip was from Bethsaida. Multiplication of the loaves and fishes. By the way, some of these things we cannot be 100% absolutely certain that's where it was. Some of it's speculation on our parts, not mine, Jewish scholars. Woe to you, Bethsaida. Drowning of the swine. Right in the middle there, you might not have seen it, so I'm going to emphasize it. The storm on the sea. Do you think a few things happened? On the Sea of Galilee, a few things happened. Then he catches a whopper. Right there. Yep, next to Tiberius. Then he catches a whopper. Actually, then he gets a whopper. Right there at the local Burger King. Those of you that know him. The Sea of Galilee. The Lake of Gennesaret in northern Israel is the largest body of fresh water in Israel and supplies fresh water not only to Israel, but also to the neighboring country of Jordan. Lake Gennesaret of, uh, lies about 700 feet below sea level, making it the world's lowest fresh water lake and the second lowest lake after the Dead Sea. Now, just put this in perspective. I always have to put it in words that I can understand. What's the elevation of Indiana approximately across? How much? You're very close. I I don't know if I would have guessed if I would have been that close. 760 feet is the average elevation. And we do have some changes in elevation, even in the Lafayette area, even in the city of Lafayette. I'll show you that later. The Lake of Gennesaret is named after the ancient town Gennesaret, also called Gennesar, on its northwestern shore. Okay, right up there. While there's a lake and not a sea, the Lake of Gennesaret is also called the Sea of Galilee, as well as the Sea of Tiberias. And there are a number of other names that have been given to it over the years. Tiberius is the resort city. Herod built it in honor of the Pharaoh on the western shore after Tiberius, Caesar Tiberius. And right there's the location of it. You can see I'm giving more information than I am. Wow, what a great creator. I've just, I've just increased my knowledge of Israel tenfold right there. Tiberius. And notice the elevation down to the Sea of Galilee. All right? Now, as I said, 
we have some areas of elevation in Lafayette. In fact, behind the pastor's home is quite a drop-off, quite a quite a uh, an elevation. We're not getting any sound. <laughs> We're not. Can we turn that up a bit? Chandler, dinner. <laughs> yes. So that's how she calls them for for supper. So, the words of Jesus. By the way, when you look at it from an aerial view, it's it's pretty arid. This area of the world is pretty arid. And yet the Jordan River and the Sea of Galilee, to a lesser extent the Dead Sea, provides what's needed for life there. So just to, for my own sake, and by the way, Sea of Galilee up here, Dead Sea down here, the Jordan connects them. Have you been to Monroe, Monroe Lake down in Gloomington? No? So there it is, Monroe Lake. And I've, I've gone the same, the same altitude to get a, a reference on these two. And there is Monroe Lake, the largest lake in Indiana, and the Sea of Galilee. Can you see why most people don't call it a sea anymore? To which you say, sea? Now, Lake Michigan up here, freshwater lake, a large freshwater lake. And I've done it the same altitude. I've circled uh, the Sea of Galilee. It's pretty small. Pretty small. And look over there. There's Sheboygan. Anybody know anything about Sheboygan? That's where a couple from the church spends six months out of the year. Right there in our home. First day when we bought it, ministering to those two little girls, Brianna and Jocelyn. And we ask you to pray because uh, that's kind of what we're doing with our lives now. So what is the circumference of the Sea of Galilee? You go, I don't even know what circumference means. Circumference means the distance around. We normally think of the circumference of a circle, but it could be anything. We might call it a perimeter. I remind you, circumference is, what's that? Pi times diameter, okay? So, here we go. 14 miles, 35 miles, 61 miles, 105 miles, 184 miles. What do you think? Well, it's not that. It's not 105. It's not 14. It's not 144. 35 miles. 35 miles around it. 
Now, to give you, some of you get, how many have gotten them both right today? Great. How are we doing, Natalie? <laughs> uh, she's thinking about her Chem 115 test that's coming up. So let me compare these two. The Sea of Galilee and Lake Michigan. The average depth of the Sea of Galilee, about 84 feet. Lake Michigan, 279. The maximum depth, Sea of Galilee, 141. Lake Michigan, 923. Surface area, 64 square miles. 22,000 square miles. The circumference, about 35 miles. You can go around Lake Michigan. There's Lake Shore Drive goes all around Lake Michigan. 1,640 miles. You're not going to be able to pedal your bicycle around Lake Michigan. Well, you could. Then I have another body of water for reference also. Newton Cement Pond. All right, and here is Newton's cement pond. That is their homestead there. Isn't it, Jason? That is. And there's their cement pond. Something's missing, though. I'm missing sound here. There it is. 72 people in the pool. That's what's missing. This is a reference so that you get some idea. Newton Cement Pond is 4 feet is the average depth. 5 feet is the maximum. Surface area, tiny, and so on. So the Lake of Gennesaret is small enough for a healthy adult to rent a bicycle and pedal around in a day. 35 miles, can you do that? Some people can walk five miles an hour, right? So yeah, you could get around it. But many of the sites around the Lake of Gennesaret, like Capernaum, Magdala, the Beatitudes Monastery, this is supposed location of the Sermon of the Moth, are hard to reach by bicycle. You can go around it, but to go to those uh, sites going to be a little extra work. And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little out from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. So, if history is correct, and I think it is, Simon Peter lived in Capernaum. So where do you think Jesus met Simon Peter? Probably in this location. How about the Jordan River? I mean, when I think of the New Testament, I think of the Sea of Galilee and the Jordan River, now more than ever. Here is a picture of the Jordan River, connecting the Sea of Galilee down 
to the Dead Sea. And there you get the perspective, you know, of the elevation. More of the Jordan River. Sometimes it's not very wide. Can you jump across the Mississippi? Could you? At, at the source, you probably could. Some more of the Jordan River. I think you can see somebody fishing up there on the bank. No, I guess it's the next one. So, how many times is the Jordan mentioned in the Bible? By the way, I hope you're taking notes. These things are going to be on the test. The final exam is coming up. When when are they? Natalie, is it mid-December the tests are coming up? Something like that. She's not worried about it. She has to do her projects. That she does project group projects, and she does all the work, and they put their names on. You know how that works. I want to give you a warning. Jordan sometimes refer to the region Jordan, the Valley Jordan, not just the river. 20, 60, 120, over 185 times. What do you think? Not 20, not 60, not one. It's over 100. Are you guys still good? Got them all? How many got them all right so far? No. Okay. Joshua 3. So the beauty of the internet can be, you know, some artist rendition, probably not a photograph, of Joshua bringing the children of Israel across the Jordan. I just want to point one thing out. The trip was from the east to the west, right? They're out in the, del the, the, the desert, the wilderness, they because later it talks about Gilgal and Bethel. Oh, pardon me, and Jericho. So here's another artist rendition of them crossing the Jordan. And I want to ask a question about this one. Are you observant when you see things? Or are you, oh, well, you know, CNN said it, so it must be true. Or Fox said it, and it must be true. What is wrong with this picture? I'm going to show it to you again, but I'll give you the choices. Not enough priests. The ark should be behind the people. Stop Jordan River is on the wrong side. Or the fourth one, Joshua has given the signal for a TD and the ark hasn't crossed the goal line yet. So here's your picture again. That's Joshua right there. 
So what do you think? It's not that. It's it's not that. The Jordan River stopped on the wrong side. Let me see. We're going from east to west, right? There's Joshua there. The people are traveling. The Jordan is stopped from flowing from the Sea of Galilee, right? So that would be where it stopped would be the north. Agreed? So if that's the north, this is the west, uh, maybe they're going back into the wilderness. Let's go back where the leeks and onions are better. Whereas this one, north, west, they truly are going from east to west, right? All right. And then we've had several renditions of this. Do you have any problems with this photograph? I hate to disappoint you. Jesus was not white like you and me. He was a a Jew, probably a darkened skin because of being in the sun so much, right? I'm not going to make a big deal out of that, but I'm not offended when I see a rugged Jew that traveled by foot for miles and didn't stop at the, the local Holiday Inn. Do you have a problem with this? <laughs> Which obviously is made for a window like that, right? Uh, I don't think they went down in the Jordan to sprinkle, do you? And I think John wearing camel's hair and something that he got at Goodwill? I don't know. So I have several problems with that. I, I, this is more like what I think it would be. So here we see people making their pilgrimage to the Jordan River and being baptized. Quite a production. Now, I want to use the Google-ometer. You realize this vehicle travels around the country and takes pictures, and you you could type in Jerry's address, and boom, you could go and look at his house and go up and down the street. That's how we found out the information about the neighborhood we were going to buy into in Sheboygan. I mean, we can't drive four and a half hours up to Sheboygan when the houses were selling like within 24 hours. Let me show you how you do that. So here I am. And by the way, the only time I use Google is when I need a map. All right, what do you use, Laurie, to not be 
tracked by Google. You, but what do you what what search engine do you use? DuckDuckGo. Okay. So here I have uh, Israel in mind. I zoom in and zoom in and zoom in until this little character down here shows up. You see this guy down here or girl or whatever? See that little character down there? Down, down here? And when the roads show up, that the Googleometer has gone along. Justin, Justin's looking it up right now to check if I'm correct. Then you can pick up this little guy or girl or whatever and drop it on the road and like walk around or follow a car as it, as it goes around. All right. And so here I am. Looking at uh, the baptismal site, is that possible? Possible. My former pastor said, um, I'm glad the Sea of Galilee is so gigantic, otherwise uh, the Roman Catholics would have built a cathedral over it. So this is, uh, was he baptized here? Could be, I don't know. Of course, we don't exalt places or people or things, we exalt the Word of God and the representation of Christ. This is Bethany beyond the Jordan River. Now, you could travel all over the world. Now, sometimes this uh, car will not go to certain locations. I'm pretty sure that church was not there when he was baptized, do you suppose? I did notice the speakers, speakers on the side of this building. And as I pan to the right, I noticed the mark of, of America. It was like really incredible. I know. Did you notice it's not a drive-through? Okay. The River Jordan is called blank in the Hebrew Bible. Ready? Four choices. He said, I don't know Hebrew. Uh, neither do I. Choice number one, Jordan no soon. Flow Manchu. Kikah Yarden. Or Jerusalem. Those are bad. So have you have you chosen what you think it is? All right. How many think Jordan no soon? How many think Flo Manchu? How many think Kikar Ha Yarden? How many think Jerusalem? Some of you didn't vote. It's not Jerusalem. It's not Flo Manchu. It's Kiki. Kikar Ha Yarden, which means flowing downward. Flowing downward.
So, uh, I guess I didn't get somebody to read this. Great multitudes from Galilee, Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and from beyond the Jordan followed him. Can you imagine the mass of people? Can you imagine having to get away from the people? The depiction of the feeding of the 5,000. Now, the Dead Sea, I kind of just wrote that off. I mean, it's the Dead Sea. What can be going on there? The Salt Sea, or Sea of Death, or Sea of Arabah. The Dead Sea is the lowest body of water on the surface of the earth. 1,300 feet below sea level. So we said what? Indiana... 760, the Sea of Galilee, 700 below, and this 1,300 below. So think about that drop from the Sea of Galilee down to the Dead Sea of, what, six 700 feet? Pretty good and only uh, about 30 miles, 40 miles. Bacteria are the only animal that lives in the Dead Sea. The Dead Sea receives an average of six or seven million tons of daily daily solutes, mostly salt, with no outlet for the water except through evaporation. So the water flows in with these dissolved materials, nowhere to go after evaporation. That's why it gets saltier and saltier and saltier. How many have uh, swam? I'm not going well, how many have swam in the Dead Sea? Really? <laughs> how many have swam in Salt Lake in Utah? No Mormons in here, okay. How many times is the Dead Sea mentioned in the King James Version of the Bible? What do you think? Five, ten, sixteen, twenty, thirty? No, it's not twenty. It's not ten. Not five, it's not 30. 16 times the Dead Sea. You guys having a competition there? <laughs> Who's winning? <laughs> okay. So there we are, the Dead Sea. I was kind of surprised when I, when I did my Google map and went around. There's a, I thought it was like mostly dead, nothing going on. It's a pretty, pretty um, popular vacation spot. You just can't imagine. I already said that. That does not look inviting to me, does it to you? And they say floating is incredible. All these guys are reading newspapers or something as they're floating in the Dead Sea. Floating in the Dead Sea, but dreaming about the Jordan River. <laughs> hey, our vice president has visited the border now. In what sea do you think Jonah was cast? Mediterranean? Sea of Galilee? The Dead Sea? The Sea of Tranquility? Or the Pharisee? Some of you aren't voting. By the way, 
A teacher could not grade this wrong. Why? Regardless of your answer, the teacher can't grade this one wrong. Why? I was very careful about the way I worded questions. Into what sea do you think Jonah was cast? It doesn't make any difference what you said. What? That's what I thought. I think it's this. You have to word it properly. I like the question. Discuss the effect of capitalism on the development of America. So you just sit there at your desk and discuss it for five or ten minutes and then go on to the next question. How about if I say it this way? Into what sea was Jonah cast? All right, now, what do you think? Probably not the Dead Sea. There was a great fish in it, so that doesn't make any sense. Not the Sea of Tranquility. Where do you have to go for that? The moon. That's where Apollo 11 landed, Sea of Tranquility. Not the Sea of Galilee and not the Pharisee, the Mediterranean. So why do we say... Did you get that one right, too? Good. So here's the Mediterranean. Here's Joppa. Joppa, where was he instructed to go? Maybe I should say commanded to go. He's commanded to go to Nineveh up there. Where did he go? Tarshish. That's where he wanted to go. By the way, that's 2,500 miles. Think of it, 2,500 miles, would that get you to L.A.? Pretty close. So how many times does Mediterranean appear, appear in the King James Version of the Bible? What do you think? I'm going to get you on this one. What do you think? It's not two. It's not one, it's not three, it's not four, it's zero times. Somebody goes, well, then, uh, but dinosaurs aren't mentioned in the Bible. That's a word from the 1800s. So, never mentioned. Biblical synonyms for Mediterranean Sea include the sea, the great sea, the uttermost sea, and the Sea of the Philistines. Yes, Paul was on the Mediterranean Sea often. Now, I wanted to mention something. Last week when I got to stars, I completely forgot what I was going to tell you. So I had a student, I, I love this student because he would ask questions and I would be able to go off and talk about, now, if you're a Christian, you'd believe this. And if you're an evolutionist, you'd believe that. But he asked me one day, we're talking about the stars, the galaxies, um, all the different things. Um, And he goes, Mr. Clark, how many stars does Indiana have? And this is one of those times when I just thought of something immediately. I said, well, since Reggie Miller retired, I'd say none. But I'm picturing, you can tell how long ago that was, and I I really like this kid. I'm picturing somebody at the state line between Indiana and Ohio going, now these are our stars, and those are yours. 
I didn't make fun of the kid. I just, I mean, there's no such thing as a stupid question. Oh, there are a lot of them. Paul's first missionary journey. Representation of where he went. Second missionary Is he spending time on the Mediterranean? Absolutely. His third one, is he spending time on the Mediterranean? Absolutely. So I conclude he was on it often. And he says this, three times I was beaten with rods, once I was stoned, three times I was shipwrecked, a night and a day I have been in the deep. So I want to conclude with this. Uh, the Berean uh, pastor and deacons have approved a new Sunday school classroom for Dan Clark. That was on, that was on Fox News just the other day. And these are the classrooms that uh, they've appointed for me. <laughs> and quoting the pastor, the Fox News report said this, we realize it will be a little crowded, but we think you'll be able to adjust. I think you can see how these things ruminate in my mind over the, as I'm preparing to teach the class. The very lifeblood for centuries for the children of Israel, the Sea of Galilee, and the Jordan River. With more and more study, I began to understand this fertile area of the Jordan Valley that became known as the land of milk and honey. Uh, just, just an incredible area. And let's see if I can get this to go. thank you in one part the rail is deteriorating almost falling down
What a fantastic creator we have. I may volunteer to close this in prayer. Okay. Yes, thank you. Grant. Thank you. It's been fun.